Good morning. It is Monday, October 11th, 2021, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Okay, since we last checked in, soybeans are clinging to the 1250 level. December corn is still range bound. The baseball season has been reduced to the Brewers and the Braves, Red Sox and Rays, Astros and White Sox, Dodgers and Giants. There's a classic right there. And college football fans, Jim, were treated to one of the most entertaining weekends ever. Really? Over this wow. weekend. Wow. That's oh, great. it was incredible. My Cyclones weren't even playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory, and that is Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Jim, happy Columbus Day and Indigenous Peoples In, Day. Absolutely. Yeah, I had to work most of the weekend getting prepared for a speech uh Wednesday in Nashville and at the SEPA event uh, the following week in Seattle. So I'll be on the road. Yeah. Presentation looks great, Jim. Thanks, it really does. You. There's a lot of good information in there and some some uh, perspective that, that's important for people to understand. Uh, do you remember that today is the day that the FSA offices used to have to make sure that they had a full roll of fax paper on the fax machines. <laughs> I did not know that. Now, how did you find that out? Okay. Well, because this is the, not only was it only Columbus Day, this was LDP Day. Oh, I remember now. Yeah. yeah this yeah. was LDP Day. It, and uh, because the the government is closed, the FSA offices are closed today, but the markets are open. So we got to get two days worth of price action into one decision on whether or not now was the time to claim the LDP or not. Yes. I agree. So yeah. Yeah. The guys that show up the next day to just be a big roll <laughs> of, of paper at the FSA offices. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. All right. Let's talk about what we learned last week, Jim. Uh, well, where you want to start? Let's. Just well, start I want to start the, with the debt limit, if we can, please. Yes. Uh, okay. The the Senate passed uh, with much drama a four hundred and eighty billion dollar uh, increase in 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 the debt. Now that was a specific amount. That's the Democrats don't like to do that. And in right. fact, the Republican sources told me the Democrats uh, wanted a blank check to run through. Uh, the 2022 elections. They didn't get that. Uh, now, the House is coming back from recess early. Uh, they're scheduled to vote Tuesday evening on this one. And this will, uh, at least uh, the lawmakers say, this will allow the debt limit uh, increase to survive until December 3rd, Chip. Other people in the private industry tell me that that's conservative. It's uh, probably would run from mid-December into uh, early January. Okay. Uh, was this the cave-in that many on the Republican side are saying it was? No. And I think that's why they're not a minority leader like Mitch McConnell is. The reason, although he's getting flack, there's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. The reason he did it was twofold. One, I think, was errant on his part. He, he thought that the Democrats may change the uh, filibuster, but Manchin made clear that he wasn't going to carve this issue out to do away with the filibuster. But the yeah. more important reason, and uh, you know, McConnell said it in a letter to Biden afterwards, 
is that no longer can the Democrats say they don't have enough time to do it the right way on their own in the coming budget reconciliation bill. Uh, so uh, I think that that had some merit to it. And also, I don't think he'll, quote, cave again, Chip, because right. in his letter to Biden uh, over the weekend, he made clear that when Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer got on the floor and basically had a temper uh, tantrum against the right. Republicans, that poisoned the well. And I'll yep. almost go to the bank with you on this one. Uh, you know, he, uh, the, you know, McConnell uh, will not give the Democrats uh, any room any longer. They're going to have to do it on their own. You know, yeah, uh, this this is the speech that uh, in the background you can see Manchin shaking his head, putting his face in his hands. It it just uh, it, it it rubbed so many people in the wrong way. Well, Senate Barrasso from Wyoming, I think, yeah, Wyoming. He's the budget uh, ranking member on, yes. on on the committee in the Senate. He said over the weekend that a number of Democrats either personally came up to him and called him over the weekend to apologize about Schumer. So, uh, you know, that's big news from inside the Beltway. You just don't do that. You know, when you win, it's almost like a football player going too far after a touchdown. You know, yeah. so it'll it'll have ramifications. It'll solidify the Republicans even more than they are. Yeah. Yeah, it'll do that. And as as all of this is happening and playing out, it's more evidence that uh, the Democrats in both the House and the Senate, it, it's not it, it's not a complete civil war in the Democrat Party, but they're not getting along like they used to. Let's call it discord. Yeah, there's a lot of discord within the party because of the the variant positions they have on some key issues, especially on the budget. You know, uh, you know reconciliation. Uh, Bernie Sanders, the socialist from Vermont, says he doesn't want to give any dollar amount relative to that three and a half trillion dollar price tag, uh, Jeff. But we already know it's going to be around two trillion. Dollars, uh, but it's the substance. It's the substance. It's not just the price tag. What's going to be embodied in that two trillion dollar price tag? That's what they're fighting after right now. And we have various groups. The proponents for climate change don't want to take one cent out of uh, what they have in the current language that we mm -hmm. don't have yet. But they know what is it in the two thousand five hundred page uh, uh, bill. That's 1.4, I think, million dollars a page, Chip, a page. Uh, and the ag sector, I was fully expected them to do this. The ag sector, many groups and lawmakers from farm states wrote in saying, please don't touch our additional funding in the budget reconciliation. So uh, there's all sorts of groups saying, please, not me, but they have to cut somewhere. Yeah. Did you see some of the polls over the weekend? And I don't remember the source of this poll, Jim, but it was talking about it. It asked uh, it asked Americans what's in the reconciliation bill huh. and the level of understanding of what is in that reconciliation bill uh, is 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 it's just uh, shameful, really, when you get right down to it. Well, uh, yeah, we saw the same thing with Obamacare. They when they heard the the basics of Obamacare, it polled very well, 
but then what would you have to do to get it? And I think that's the same uh, case you know, this time, Chip. It's yeah. easy to say yes to free schooling, uh, yep. to add some uh, uh, elements uh, such as uh, hearing aids and glasses and other things to Medicare, but uh, that's a program that's already going to be in default in a few years. So, uh, you know, how are they going to pay for it? Then it becomes a different poll. So watch how the question right. is raised. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I, we started off uh, talking about the FSA offices, and I should have gone straight to this about the FSA uh, right away. But USDA Secretary Vilsack does not anticipate that there is going to be any significant disruption of the workflow at the county FSA offices because of the vaccine mandate. And I think that's pretty presumptuous, don't you? I do. And we have our good reporter on the scene, Tyne Morgan, Ag yeah. Daily. She's got a story out on Ag Web now, and I link to it on the on, on my column, policy updates on you know profarmer.com. And uh, she tells a different story. In fact, she told me uh, uh, that there could be some ghost towns in you know some county offices, uh, Chip. So she yep. sees far more of an impact. And that's kind of the elements that I'm getting in with my emails from the oh, yeah. who are on the committee. So I think, uh, you know, Mr. Vilsack is going to have to re revise his, his comments on this. On this okay. Topic. So he seems a bit out of touch on this one or out of step on this one, much like he was out of step with, uh, with hog producers earlier when it came time to, uh, De defend the new swine inspection system that had been in place for 20 years but it, it and and the it resulted in the reduction in line speeds at five uh, major facilities uh, processing plants across the country it came back up last week in the cattle market hearing yes Jim. That yeah. tells you how significant the other questions they brought up, including the impact of the vaccine mandates on FSA yep. offices. So that tells you the importance. Uh, in defense of him on these two, I, I think he's been wrong on both. However, it wasn't a decision he made. He was told on the on the processing uh, you know, speed, and as far as the mandate, that was that was a mandate you know from his boss, you know President yeah. Biden. But I do think he needs to uh, get a, a poll uh, from his FSA administrator because I think that they would uh, update him. So I, I think he needs to get on the telephone to the people because it doesn't take too many calls to find out what's going on in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, at that hearing last week, surprise, surprise, no consensus on what to do moving forward. No, uh, and and uh, we've seen that before, that it's easy to say, uh, go to this type of formula or that type of formula. On cattle know, pricing. On cattle yeah. prices, and I know that you had some guests uh, or guests from Texas A&M who did an excellent report, although very technical. If you read mm -hmm. some of their blowout uh, sidebars, as we call them, Jeff. As, yep. you, you know, you well know, it was clear that some of these formulas, uh, you know, uh, would, would, you know, individual producers would have to pay. Uh, I know there's another side to that, but it, it's the report that made clear this is a very complex 
topic, but it should be must reading for anyone that's yeah. involved in uh, uh, in this topic. Yeah, if, if at the very least, uh, read the summary points. Yes. It doesn't take long to get through the summary points and the conclusions. And the bottom line is that the market has functioned as it was told to function. Beef demand went up as our processing capacity went down. Now, as the and uh, labor issues were a big part of the reason for the the uh, drop in processing capacity. Now, as as that has balanced out, we're starting to see it balance out again. But the 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 long term answer that I think producers are looking for, Jim, is still very elusive in this report and there's no solid conclusions in the report that would say we need to increase slaughter capacity and that's going to fix all of our problems. Yes. Uh, it's that there's no silver bullet answer to this. No, including mandates don't usually work and farmers right. don't like mandates. And some of these pricing formulas for cattle would be a mandate for a certain percentage. And, you know, there's been external uh, events, uh, yeah. COVID, logistical constraints, et cetera. And much like in the energy sector, uh, Chip, you're seeing surging prices. We'll talk about that later, hopefully big time. Yeah. But it, it, these things need some time to work themselves out. It's the old adage, let markets work. They're not perfect, but I think markets have a keen ability to sort things out if given time. But politicians uh, usually don't trust the market. And number two, they're very impatient. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, over the weekend, we learned that Cargill has shifted some soybean exports to Texas where they usually ship wheat, they'll ship some sorghum out of Texas, but there's a there's a boat going to be loaded or has been loaded with soybeans out of uh, port down at Houston. It's just more more signs of the of the uh, frustrations of getting that Cargill plant at uh, New Orleans back up and running. Yeah, it's going to take longer than, and we were on this. We had, yeah. you you quoted some people on AgriTalk saying this is going to take longer than most people, uh, you know, think. And, and indeed, they, you know, uh, you know, they were correct. Uh, but the, again, this is part of the overall logistics uh, problems that the U.S. and the world is having. You've got right. these big retail box stores, Walmart, et cetera. They're chartering their own ships now because in order to get the supplies now smaller you know store you know you know retail outlets can't do that but this thing is going to get worse before it gets better and it's going to go longer than people think and sooner or later the federal reserve is going to figure this out chip i think that they've been very wrong hmm. on both the logistical issues on the the depth and the length of them and also the dramatic uh, run-up we're seeing in energy prices across the board, not only the U.S., but definitely in, uh, in, in Europe and, uh, and, uh, uh, and China. Yeah, and I, I do not want to sound insensitive when I say this, uh, but we, we, people, people need to have a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's there's still incentives in place that uh, are are reducing the need for people to have a job. 
And it's a labor issue as much as anything else. Don't you think Jim, that, that we've got to give people the right incentives to get back to work. Yes. Well, we had a jobs report, uh, last what Friday, you know, yeah. it showed, uh, what, not, uh, 194,000 new jobs when they had predicted 500,000, 183, uh, you know, citizens left the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So that's why unemployment went down from 5.2 to 4.8%. But the Wall Street Journal has a good story today saying a big reason is yep. the lack of women coming back into the marketplace. And that's because yep. of not only the child care credit, but as women have told me, you either you can't find people to watch your children are the cost have gone up dramatically so it's better for them to stay home all that is involved in this chip and we're and again oh, yeah. how does that change i will say that many of the analysts i talked with say that the next jobs report because the survey was taking was taken just one week into the end of some of these uh, employ, uh, uh, unemployment you know, benefits ending. So I think we're going to see a better snapshot of the impact of the end for, the, uh, for the, at least the additional uh, unemployment you know, funding chip. So uh, I, I'm not going to call this an aberration, but we could see a better jobs report next month. Okay. Okay. Let's hit a couple of meat items here quick. Uh, first first thing is China has banned beef imports from the UK after a BSE detection. Yeah, they don't. Uh, I still like the regionality. They should, they should segment it, but they don't. We have that at least in our agreement, mm -hmm. in the you know, phase one agreement. But uh, China right now is skittish on a host of uh, issues, Chip, and this is but one of several that they they'll run away from a number of things if, if they hear disease at all. Right. Right. Okay. This one comes from Tanner. It's in the comments, Jim, if you want to take a look there uh, and just a reminder to everybody that the comments tab is on the far right side of your screen. Click on that dialogue box should come up at the bottom of the page for you. Uh, Tanner says in regards to the breaking story, and I'm not familiar with this right now. I've, not up to speed. Uh, the breaking story that one third of JBSSA utilizes meat deriving from irregularities in their supply chain, such as forced labor. Will the U.S. cease meat imports from that region, much like the U.S. did when news broke that Chinese firms were using forced labor in cotton fields? Uh, Tanner, we'll check with the U.S. Trade Reps Office. That's the best yeah. thing we can do, but we want to confirm that that is indeed the case. We'll also check with JBS uh, on this one. So, you know, stay tuned. We'll at least check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and boy, the, the, the labor issues, all these, these issues around the world, uh, the geopolitical tensions between the U.S., China, and Taiwan now, Jim, I, I've, never seen anything like this well and look what the cotton because yes the, yeah, the, what, yeah. what he mentioned uh that's why cotton's over what a dollar ten yeah you know? yeah uh so there, there are implications to this and your 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 meat prices would would shoot up if if that is yeah. indeed followed through but we'll have to see yeah and taiwan says that it's going to defend itself 
the U.S. has had troops in Taiwan for more than a year helping to train their troops? China's leader, Xi Jinping, has frequently, when you read the Chinese media, has frequently said he does not want another generation to have to deal with uh, Taiwan not returning to mainland China's control. So uh, it's not a question in his judgment of, uh, of if, it's when and how. Let's hope uh, that uh, it doesn't need, you know, lead to war because then you're off uh, to all sorts of uh, uh, unintended consequences, Chip. But we're ahead of ourselves right now. But they've had record number of flights, uh, you know, China into Taiwan territory. So saber rattling is the uh, rule rather than the exception. High anxiety right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But China's in all sorts of trouble right now because, I, I again, I read a lot on the weekend getting ready for my speeches. But their their real estate market. You talk about a bubble. There, they mm -hmm. have ghost towns there. Of you, you can see the pictures in the Wall Street Journal and other publications of beautiful new buildings yeah. that aggregately, Jip. This is almost hard to believe, but it's true. Aggregate, aggregately would uh, house 90 million people, but they don't need them. Right. Talk about, so now they're going to start tearing down a lot of them yep. to use the iron ore so they don't have to import uh, at nearly as much to use hard currency, which is smart on their part, but that's really going to make Australia go into a recession because they get a lot of uh, dirt minerals from Australia. So a lot is happening relative to, uh, you know, China. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the, the real estate situation over there is, is incredible. What's going on with their hog situation, Jim, because they're starting to, uh, see their hog prices go back to the upside. Well, you've got the, the, uh, uh imports still are, you know, pretty good. The, you know, the demand, but I think it's really the supply. I think this, okay. uh, uh, the PERS and others has really affected and USDA gave us a solid clue on that one, Chip, uh, in their yeah. last hogs and pigs report. So you have much lower production and probably ahead than what a many industry analysts had plugged in just a month or so ago. So you've got lower supply chasing at least uh, a pretty good demand. And that's, uh, you know, having a you know pretty good rally uh, uh, yeah. out there. Plus, you can see China, even though their numbers are down, uh, they're, they're pulling out all stops in order to get some, uh, you know, their their supplies out into the market. And that's going to be good for the soybean meal market, as you sure. well know, from a feedstock. So there sure. are so many things going on. And, you know, we're going to talk meat, you know, run-ups, cotton run-up in prices. Uh, you can't say soybeans and corn are bearish markets. They're, they're, no. They may have seen the peak, may, but they're not low prices. And then you have the energy price. If that's not inflation with food prices, what, the highest in a decade, that yep. screams inflation. And that's why, again, I'll browbeat the Fed. They're, they're going to have to come up sooner or later and admit a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there was a report out over the weekend that was talking about 25% uh, of the critical infrastructure in the U.S. is at risk to failure because of flooding. 
alone? Yeah. Yes, and many of those are in the uh, the golf course and Appalachia uh, areas, Chip, which are vulnerable to flood damage. On ProFarmer.com, I linked to the report. It's from a nonprofit research and tech uh, group. Uh, so I think this will play into the push for infrastructure yeah. funding. Uh, you know, there's no doubt about it. And and the, it, the report also found that nearly 2 million mile, miles of roads, the 23% of U.S. roadways, uh, are essentially at risk of uh, becoming impassable due to flooding. So again, this will mean logistical uh, uh, glitches in the years ahead because we're not going to solve this overnight. We had too many years in which we didn't beef up uh, what heretofore had been an advantage in the U.S. our infrastructure now it needs improvement and a lot of money to to improve. Yeah. And again, it's going to take time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, this week we've got some big reports for the grains coming from USDA. Lots of changes in S and D's in that as a result yeah. of what the grain stocks report and yep. the production estimates. So. Uh, you can fa factor some, I think some of it has been factored into the marketplace, mm -hmm. uh, but not all. So we're going to have to see from the demand side on that, uh, you know, uh, you know, relative to both soybeans and, and, and corn in particular. Yeah. You know, usually as we make our way through the season, Jim, the demand, excuse me, the supply uncertainty starts to come out of the market on the, on the new crop, uh, the 21 crop. This year, I think it's just the opposite. Uh, it, it feels like there is there's more uncertainty in this market now than there was in September than there was in August. And the reason that I say that is because of the disease issues that we've got over in the Eastern Corn Belt. That's got several traders. As a matter of fact, on average, the national average corn yield is expected to, to slip back just a touch from what USDA said in September. And a lot of that is because of the disease issues in the Eastern Corn Belt. Hmm. On the other hand, you get over to the Western Belt that experienced drought for most of the season. And those corn yields are the, I, I, yeah, go ahead and get your bingo card ready for this one, are better than expected, okay? Oh, huh. So it, it's, it's a real mixed bag. Pro Farmer, uh, back the third week of August, you know what? They put the national average corn yield at 177 bushels per acre. That's right in line with the average trade guess at 176. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Now, on soybeans, though, on soybeans, I think there is consensus that those rains that fell the third week of August at the end of the week there uh, really helped the bean yield. And Again, uh, we we had a, a, a guest analyst on from New Vision Co-op in Southwest uh, Minnesota last week on uh, Dan Utech, and he called the beans a miracle crop in Southwest Minnesota, Jim. Huh, he, wow. You know, he just said, listen, I have no idea how we got this bean, this bean yield that we've got, but there's some really good beans in Southwest mm -hmm. Minnesota. So it's called stack real traits. There. It's called stack traits. That's what yeah, it, yeah. the, the genetic improvement. And plus you go back to the start of the year, Jim, prices were high enough that we knew that growers were going to do everything that they possibly could to protect the yield potential. 
Well, so, I want to get I want to get into is the basis showing what you just said uh, the tightening basis what in the east versus so, maybe widening basis. Well, is that you know what basis has been strong all along, Jim. Okay. Uh, and and it's been tough to even see the 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 start of harvest and the blip to the downside. We're just not seeing that in corn or soybeans, and and. Uh, uh, that's a big issue. The other markets that we're really watching this week, of course, are the energy markets, Jim. Yeah, let's just go through some stats here before we okay. end, Jim. Crude oil has risen 64% this year, seven-year high. Natural gas prices have roughly doubled over the past six mm -hmm. months to a seven-year high. That's here. Now, mm -hmm. natural gas prices in in uh, China were $6, I think, or a little above $6, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, yep. Thirty dollars in China, five times, and, and forty-five dollars plus in the UK. And I think yep. you said on we well, said on AgriTalk Friday that EU price is equivalent to one hundred and seventy-five dollars a barrel of oil. Yeah, yep. that's from Josh Linville at Stonex. Yeah. Wow. Then heating oil has risen sixty-eight percent this year. Are you listening, Federal Reserve? Prices at the gas pump are up over a dollar over the past twelve months to a national average of just over three dollars a gallon, over five dollars in California. Coal prices are at record prices. So what's the impact? Uh, it's it's having some analysts cut their estimates for U.S. growth to one and a half percent next year yeah. from three and a half percent before and here's the one that i want every farmer to listen to last week we had a biden cabinet secretary suggest perhaps that we should halt natural gas exports mm -hmm. you know you, uh, you know liquefied you know natural gas yep. uh that gets a, that, another word for that is embargo embargo so yeah. I, I'm, I'm telling you you just the, this lack of faith in the marketplace to work things out could really lead to some damages and in getting ready for my speech chip i i, I you know i got really nervous on this potential energy crisis ahead so what's caused this we have no u.s and world energy strategy as the world clearly wants to move from the current oil system to clean energy maybe at the g20 next meeting or the g7 or whatever they might want to discuss this yeah. the need for natural gas as a transition as a backstop to renewables because we see wind and solar needs backstops until mm -hmm. the system is built up we don't have it germany last year halted nuclear fuel now yeah. It was important because it was 30% of Germany's energy supply. Mm -hmm. And of course, Russia's Putin is flexing his energy muscle, basically bribing. Okay. And let's look at the Biden energy policy disconnect. No to Keystone XL pipeline. Yes to Russia, Germany, Nordstrom uh, too. Uh, Biden put limits on fracking. He said no to new drilling exploration on U.S. federal land. And the White House even had to ask OPEC for more production. Yep. But here's what's got me the most concerned, Chip. What if, I know it's a potential black swan, but what if Iran or any other country attacked a big natural gas supplier around the world? We're talking major implications. So I'm just saying that tells me any farmer 
uh, our buyer should be very prudent in their marketing aspects because we we have some potential black swans coming up. Yeah. Any any disruption to the supply chain any. on natural gas, whether it be on on supplies coming into the system or demand for the product. And what I'm talking about is a cold winter. If we would get a, if we would have a cold winter and increase uh, demand for natural gas, I, I have no idea where this market's going. I talked with Gary Schnitke from University of Illinois last week. It's part of the uh, Farm Journal College Roadshow. We talked about the potential impact on 2022 planting decisions. Everybody that I talk to, Jim says, you know, it's really hard to break the rotation. It's really hard to break the rotation, um, and to to break the rotation and get away from the high cost of growing corn or the higher cost of growing corn, it, uh, it, it might mean more bean on bean acres and, and people are still uncomfortable with the concept of, of growing soybeans on, on last year's soybean ground. Um, well, they're going to have to pay because what North American, the nutrient gauge, according to Bloomberg search past the 20, you know, you know, 2008 peak. So we, right. Have, you know, we're at a new record. I think it'll impact, you know, corn acres. It's to got to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it just, it, it just really is significant here. So, yeah, but it, it, it does have an impact. And then at the time when some credit uh, expansion is going on in the ag community, we're still uh, improving overall because of those price situations and working capital is okay right now, but there, there are caution flags going off all, all over the place, Jeff. All right. Just a real quick check of the markets before we sign off. Livestock futures are under some pressure this morning's uh, lean hog futures leading the way to the downside. Grains, uh, corn is steady to slightly lower. Soybeans slightly lower. We've got some some mixed trade in soybean oil and mixed trade in the wheat market as well. So a pretty uneventful start to the week ahead of tomorrow's uh, supply and demand and crop production reports from USDA. That's it. Have a great week. Keep on watching for those signals.